What up, what up? I'm Risha Leandra. Welcome to the 222 podcast. It's so good to be back. I took a little longer hiatus than what I thought I was going to from the last episode, but took that time to pray and to make sure that I'm setting myself up to give you guys the best podcast that I can give. So today's episode, we have the first interview of this podcast. I got to sit down with my friends, Ritz and Aaron McCain. Aaron, you also may know as Canon, and they are an amazing couple that have spoken so much life into my life, and I wanted to bring them onto this podcast. In this episode, we talk about how to be confident in what you do, how to stay driven, and how to stay grounded even when you start making a name for yourself. So this is part one of our conversation. Part two will drop next week, uh, so be looking forward to that. But without further ado, here are my amazing friends, Ritz and Aaron McCain. I'm here with my amazing friends, Ritz and Cannon. Thank you guys so much mm. for being on the podcast. My first guest. We here. Praise the Lord. I'm very excited. How are y'all doing? We're good. Man, we chilling. Shut up, Barkley. We're good. Sorry, that's my Don't dog. hate on Barks. No, he's always whining. He's very... He loves us. Narcissistic and... Uh, so, <laughs> so um, let's think back. Ritz, how long have we known each other? My whole life. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, how long it have we It feels like my whole life. It Dang. really does. Oh, it really my does. life. Is that bad? I, I was not. They got, y'all got married in? 2016. 2016. 14. <laughs> Ritz, when did we get married? Now tell me, when did we get married? 2014. Because I got a feeling you forgot. <laughs> 2014. Okay. You sure? So they got married in 2014, and that's the same year that I came to the label, so to Reflection Music Group. And yeah. so that, um, I didn't meet Ritz until after the wedding. Five long years. Uh, y'all have been married five years. Yeah. No, almost. Going. Almost. I'm going on. Five. Okay, but, but yes. But, but what I'm saying is that, like, I didn't, I wasn't there, but you think that I was there. Yes. Yeah. You were there in my heart and spirit. <laughs> but I was not there. <laughs> I did see the amazing video, though, and cried. Because <laughs> it was precious. So, anyways, so yes, Ritz, we've known each other post-wedding. Well, I guess, I think I started working on some of your stuff pre-wedding, but didn't really meet you until... Man, I don't remember. I just remember you just showed up in my life. Uh, exactly. And She's been in my life again. all of Boom. my life. Boom. I just so, remember it was like, oh, Ritz was already here. And so then we just, yeah. Fun fact about Canon, I he is really pretty much the reason why I started looking into RMG. For real? Yeah. Um, oh wow! Because uh, Mad Haven, <laughs> oh, wow. I uh, was going through the credits, saw Reflection Music Group, and started googling, and boom! A few months later, started working for the label. So now she has a key to our home. <laughs> 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 you can say things got pretty serious. <laughs> oh, the progression. Oh, the progression. But yes, these are amazing people that have given so much value to my life. They're just great people. Um, love the Lord, but also, too, are amazing creatives and are just amazing overall people. So You can I, get her to say the same thing about you for just $9.95. <laughs> All right, we paid $9.95 for that intro. <laughs> 995 you guys can get the same thing. And no decimal, no <laughs> decimal points. 
Oh man. Okay, but yeah. So um, I wanted to bring them on because they both are creative entrepreneurs and they are very good at what they do. And um, yeah, I just admire, admire their work big time. And I definitely know that they will bring some value to you all. So we'll start with Ritz. Just tell the people what you do now, um, okay. your role, and um, yeah, just let us know what you do. So for during the daytime, I work as a um, associate director of digital partners for Sony Music, and I oversee the um, rosters of RCAI, uh, Provident, and some of the distributed acts. I also am in charge for um, all the international relationships that we interface with for our company. Um, and uh, yeah, just all the little projects in between that don't fall into a specific genre. So I get to work on a lot of cool stuff. Very cool. What's your favorite part of your job? Um, I think working with DSPs and working with the artists. Those are like my two favorites. I think DSPs because it allows me to be creative and come up with new ways to engage our audience on different platforms and do campaigns with the DSPs. And then working with the artists. It's what always, are DSPs? Oh, sorry. DSPs are a digital service provider. So like Apple Music, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Pandora, Amazon. Those Ooh, are Do all. you get to go to those places? I do. I do. Rich low-key famous, for <laughs> those who don't know. She low-key famous. Low-key not. Connected with all famous people. Low-key not. I'll be at the crib uh, dog sitting and eating hot dogs. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I like doing that, and I like also working with our artists that don't fit our different genre boxes because it is a challenge um, that I enjoy to um, be able to get their music heard in places that you know you typically wouldn't hear so you, music at. You work with the challenged artists. Not challenged, but I would say like they just don't fit in the box. Oh, okay. Yeah, it may seem like they were challenged. No, you're challenged. Artists who are challenged. Who's it? Who are challenged? You are a challenge. <laughs> who are challenges to our label? You are a challenge. Challenging. Oh man. <laughs> so okay, so working with all these artists, um, I guess how did you get into that lane of being able to, you know, now you're, you know, flying back and forth, New York, LA, mm-hmm. uh, working with artists such as Kirk Franklin mm-hmm. and the such so yeah. how did you fall into that lane um well I started in the music industry while I was in grad school in Atlanta um I needed like a part-time job to help cover some of the bills for living expenses and things like that and I started working for an independent hip-hop label out there um I started off as office manager and then pretty much was able to tap into all different types of departments within the music uh, label side of things so it was basically kind of like sink or swim like you just gotta teach yourself what you need to learn to do your job type of situation because it was very indie um, and very like you know stripped down grassroots kind of thing and that's kind of how I started the music industry once I graduated with my master's um, I got a job offer at the label full-time and since then, I've been in the music industry. So it's been almost 10 years now. Dope. And that's really cool what you said about the grassroots, like learning so much in an independent label. Because yeah. I think that's where we both cross paths, yep. where it's like, okay, well, we're in this label that doesn't have a plethora of services. So yep. you just like have to learn, di- be dive in and learn. Yeah. yeah. So 
Do you feel like you learned a lot because you were in that position? Um, do you feel like you got to learn more about yourself because you were in that position? I would say, yeah, both. Um, I think it was definitely up to me how much I needed to learn or do research or grow on my own. So I kind of felt like I was doing grad school at the same time as I was literally in grad school because whether it was books or articles or uh, seminars, conferences, different things that could help me do my job um, at the label, I invested in that. And then on the flip side for myself, I didn't really have a ton of people kind of telling me how to do uh, my job just because there wasn't people doing my job to, you know before that like it, it wasn't a lot of um hey this is how I did it it was more of like hey we need help here learn how to do it and so for me it kind of created a discipline of like not accepting the status quo and mm -hmm. pushing myself to be better mm -hmm. because I, I know that if I'm better I can help the team mm -hmm. so um so yeah but it, it was not easy um I think I still have a lot of ways like that that my boss now in a more corporate setting says or calls a scrappy um but in a good way not like a, a crappy but scrappy <laughs> <laughs> like you're getting the job done uh -huh. you don't need a ton of uh resources or help and you're finding a effective way to, to to do your job and help your artists win yeah so yeah very cool so we have a lot of independent artists that listen to this podcast mm -hmm. um and so if you were to give some good solid like I guess yeah advice but also just some some things that you've learned over the years yeah like what would you want to um give to them like just as far as like information as far as like you know being on the indie grind so you've seen the indie side of right. a label right, right, right. um yeah what, what would you give to them I would say um basically like be a steward be a be a student of your craft so if you're going to make music, that's great. You're artistic, you're creative, but don't ne uh, neglect the business side of your music. Even if you're not the best reader or the best you know, mathematician, whatever, learn enough to know where you need help and build a team from that. So if your strength is just in being creative or maybe you have other strengths like creating video or maybe it's marketing, that's great. But also learn the parts of the business that you're not that savvy in because that's the best way to protect yourself and continue to grow your team in a in a strategic way. Meaning, if you know that you're not good at math, you might need somebody to help be your business manager or help keep your your payouts and things like that in order. If you're not good at you know marketing, you may need help in marketing. That's what people like Risha are, are here for, to help build onto your team um, to, to give you the best give your music the best shot it can thank you for the plug I appreciate it mm -hmm. um, but so I'll flip flip over to you Ken and so mm. speaking on some things like that as far as uh, being a resourceful and I guess learning new different avenues um, we'll get into like all that you do after this question but just as far as being an artist what are some of those things that you've had to learn over the years Outside of just, yes, you make music, but what are some of those tools that you've gained over the past few years? I think uh, some. I think the biggest tool that you have to have is drive for artists. If you have no drive, you will be stuck uh, regardless. Uh, how far you get, you'll find a way to get stuck. If you have drive, uh, you can get anywhere. Yeah, you won't slow down. If, if, even if you do slow down, you'll have enough drive to speed back up. Um, this is an industry of the hustler. You gotta 
go out and get it. You gotta, if if there aren't enough uh, resources or opportunities, you gotta go find them, um, or you gotta create new ones. But you gotta have drive. Um, your drive is what's gonna keep you um, being on your toes creatively. Your drive is what's gonna keep you looking and searching for new uh, ways to be innovative. Um, your drive is so what's gonna keep you engaged into your fan base when you're drained and. Um, you, you know, you get fatigued from being on the platform. Your drivers was going to uh, continue to have you push forward in your career. So I would say, first and foremost, that tool that that uh, I think any artist would need before he even considers doing this is drive. Because if you don't have it, you will work so hard just to get nowhere. Mm, so, um, yeah. What keeps you driven? Oh, I knew she was coming with the word driven. I knew she was coming with the word driven. Uh, what keeps me driven? Uh, I ain't trying to be broke no more, man. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be broke no more, man. I gotta pay bills. Man. These bills, adulting is not the business. Uh, <laughs> um, y'all think I'm playing? Uh, I have a wife and two dogs. <laughs> I don't got kids. I got two dogs and I got bills and. I, I told myself, um, I told myself that uh, if I wasn't going to finish college, then I better be the hardest worker. Uh, and so uh, I chose to not finish college. I chose to um, find a different route, uh, which was to make a living off my own gifts and talents, make a living off of my own abilities. Um, and I was always taught, you know, if you're good at something, um, don't do it for free. <laughs> so, um, you know, and so, and I remember my mom used to always tell me, she used to always say, look, if you're going to be clowning in class, you might as well get paid for it. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, I know I don't want to be a comedian. I love music more than comedy. So I'll, uh, I'll stick with the music. But I was like, I, but I might as well get paid for it. I didn't know it'd be possible, but uh, it is. I found out that it was. But um what I'm getting at, uh, and I think I'm losing my train of thought. No, you're good. <laughs> no. no, you're good. You're good. So, like, okay, so the right. thing that we, that we <laughs> so what is it that you do? Because we didn't really introduce you. So what is yeah. it that you do? Let the um, people know. Yeah, so, I mean, so I'm more than a rapper. Uh, I write, I engineer, I produce. Um, I've taught myself graphic design. I've taught myself motion graphics I've taught myself how to mix and master songs um, you know um, I love to design I love clothing I love fashion um, I, I create my own merch I do my own fashion and stuff do, um, stunts. do my own stunts <laughs> I do my own ad-libs my own samples I don't sample nobody I sample myself cuz um, but yeah Except for that goat what goat Sampled a goat once. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Barkley was in there. The Barkley. Yeah. Oh yeah, Barkley. Yeah. I put my dog. <laughs> He's in my still song. waiting on yeah. his publishing. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but also too, like artist development as well. Like I do artist development on the side. Uh, you know, um, I love connecting artists with producers and artists with other artists that I know personally. Um, and I love just being able to just help mold the sound of an artist. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. How did you find your sound? I knew that was coming, man. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Nah. Um, the way I, I, I guess, man, just all my influences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to stay true to, my, true to myself in light of who I was influenced by. I grew up listening to Bone Thugs Harmony, 
Twister, Mystical, Snoop, Ludacris, Lil Wayne, T.I., Jeezy, uh, Eminem. I mean, let's go all the way on. Young Two Bars. Young, young Two Bars. I don't know Young Two Bars. Okay. <laughs> um, Y'all ain't ready for that. That's another podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, next week, right? <laughs> I learned my sound from my influence, but I also realized I am not like a whole bunch of other artists that may be around me and I had to learn who I really am. I found I really found my sound once I became comfortable with who I was as a person. Um, and once I became comfortable with who I was as a person, um, I was okay with stretching myself in different directions and trying different things. And as I did that, I began to become, become more consistent with a sound. But if you listen to my music, you'll hear a lot of different sounds. And I think that's okay. That's what makes Loose Cannon what it is. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you won't see it coming so you came into a lane of christian hip-hop which at the time and still is a new genre how do you like how did you one build your own influence um or build your own uh lane uh and not be so influenced by other people uh, in this smaller niche and then also to the influences that you were saying earlier like because it's easy you know if you're listening to somebody mm-hmm. constantly it's easy to be like okay well I start to sound like them yeah. like how did you keep yourself from falling into well that? the two things one the e- one easy way of not sounding like any other artist in Christian hip-hop is I just didn't listen to Christian hip-hop um, you know and I, I know like this become like a, a wave where people try to act like they never listen to Christian hip hop. It's like no, I knew I knew of Christian hip hop. I just didn't really listen to it much. Um, you know, I loved it. You know, and uh, I still do. Um, um, but also too, I, I I remember working on projects and trying to be intentional about not listening to anybody um, while I'm working on projects, so that I'm not sounding too much like anybody or anything that I'm influenced by. Because sometimes you are influenced and you don't realize it. And you start coming out with music that sounds like something you've heard before. And it's like, what? oh, man, I, that's where that, that melody came from. So, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I'll just, you know, finding my sound, it just took time. But I, I, I became, the more, again, the more I became okay with who I was as a person, uh, the more I was willing to stretch myself, stretch my sounds. Um, Okay, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. How do you feel being, like, I guess you're a very out there public figure. Um, so, therefore, a lot of times, like, what, you're, what you say is taken, um, you know, it's, it's very uh, profound and very, like, you know, people take it to heart because, you, you know, you've got a lot of followers and things of that sort. Um, so, like, do you like or I guess not necessarily like, but like the pressure that comes along with that, do you feel that pressure? Um, Like, do you ever feel like because I'm out in the public, I can't necessarily say the things that I want to say or um, talk about the stuff that you want to talk about? For a long time I did. Uh, For a long time I felt like, man, if I say this, they're going to stop following me and stop listening to my music. If I speak up for myself, I'm going to offend somebody and now I'm not going to have a show to perform at. And then I realized, like, to begin with, as an artist, you're supposed to be going out to create your own opportunities anyway. Like, I, like my my shows shouldn't be just dependent upon somebody calling in and saying, hey, can we bring Cannon out? No, I need to be going out and getting my own shows anyway. And so, one, so that nobody can take that from me, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
Um, I think now, um, as a 30-year-old man, I can say that now, 30 now, 30, 30, okay, uh, as a 30-year-old man, I think I'm at a point now, uh, just after have dealt with some life, I don't care anymore, just about just how I'm received or not received, uh, I just, I don't care, just because the ones who are really for you anyway, it's not going to take much for them to leave you anyway. So they might as well just, you might as well open up the door for them to just to walk up and be like, look, man, this is where I stand. I'm not waving on this issue. This is where I stand. This is what my passion is. This is, what I, this is why I'm here. Um, and so I, I, I go about, you know, my convictions and I live by that. I don't, at this point in life, I'm like, man, life is already too short. I ain't got, I'm not trying to be people pleasing my entire career. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you like it, cool. You don't, man, you can always hit that unfollow button. I ain't tripping. Hey. Unfollow, mute, all that. Yeah, because <laughs> from the Lord. I would rather you just unfollow me than me going back and forth with you and it ain't going nowhere. Yeah, because not know? everybody's going to understand. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that too, just as we see in social media right now, um, a lot of it's easy to get that 0.5 second glance at what's going on in your life and not have the past 30 years that have happened mm -hmm. um, to come along with that. So, um, and then Ritz, like with being i guess you kind of play the background with where you're at in mm -hmm. your job what are some of the like i guess I, we've and we've these, these are things that we've talked about mm -hmm. before but just as far as like wanting to put yourself out there a little bit more mm -hmm. just as far as like okay these are the things that i do like right what are the wrestles of that of like okay well you know you don't want to come off arrogant or right. high or anything like that like but you want to showcase that this is what you do. Yeah. Um, what are some of those wrestles there? I think um, I think you, you kind of hit it on the head. It's like, one, not um, coming off as like this is something that I'm arrogant about or that um, that is my identity. I think I struggle with uh, feeling that if I put too much out there what I do or what I don't do or whatever, that um, people's, you know, interactions or intentions will be based off of that and not of genuinely trying to know who I am as a person or um, or like uh, transactional like that's happened before where uh, the previous place I worked that I would post about you know what I'm working on or what I'm doing or who I'm with or whatever and it just brought a lot of attention that I didn't want which was really based off of like oh they like the artists I'm working with or you know whatever um, as opposed to just respecting or seeing me as a as a woman mm -hmm. um, who this is what she does, but there's more to her. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a legit struggle, and, and like you said, uh, we've talked endlessly about it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> and, it, and it's still a struggle. Um, but I do, uh, I am genuinely excited and like what I do, and I want to share it with people. It's just finding the the right. I wrestle with finding the right way to do it so that again it doesn't come off as like uh like very showman showmanship like um and that it it truly reflects like man i'm, I'm grateful i'm thankful for these opportunities that the lord has put in my in my plate not because of look how great i am kind of thing mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah i think we i mean 
coming from where you are. Yeah. Uh, it is very easy to be like, oh, you're associated with this person, this person. Oh, I yeah. want to talk to you because of you're associated right, with right, this right. person and that person. And it's like, but wait, what about me? Like, yeah. I'm a person too. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to get um, drugged down by that. Um, yeah. But also, too, on the flip side, it is, I mean, you know, especially like you're in some spaces with some heavy hitters. And so yeah. it could definitely be something where it's like, you know, I'm here, I'm there. But yeah. I definitely think that there's a way that you that, that you can still bring value to people right. to where it's like, okay, you know, I'm in these spaces, yes. But also too, like you just said, like the Lord has granted you these space, this place right. um, to be in these spaces. And so, you know, it's all him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did mention one thing of identity um, and not allowing your job to be your whole identity Mm -hmm. i struggle with that a lot because it seems like when people come to me it's like oh risha i want what you have to offer very little of risha how are you (laughs) you know so um yeah how do you work through that and help me (laughs) (laughs) well my current strategy i don't pay nothing (laughs) what do you do oh nothing What'd you do this weekend? No, it went nothing and didn't know it. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, um, I, I'm very particular with who I share details as to what I do. Um, probably more overly ca- cautious than I need to be. But, um, and that's kind of how I protect my space. Where it's like, man, um, if I feel that this is going to be a transactional conversation and I'm not on work mode, then I'm not going to engage in it. Mm. Um, but the people that I do feel I want to celebrate or, or know who I am as a person and care about who I am as a person, those are the people that I tend to go a little bit more deep with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm being interviewed by, you know, my friend or my husband or whatever about what I'm doing. I'd rather have that come up naturally as a conversation that I want to share with. So I'm very particular about that. Um, but I feel like there there has to be better ways too because again there are moments where it is important or helpful um, to share what you've been working on or your experience and things like that. That um, because my default is to just not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that either people miss out on opportunities of growth or or you know gaining from my experience or what I can share or I may miss out on that you know being able to help or be helped um because of those situations um where I'm not sharing so I feel like it's a it's a it's a current wrestle for me but that I'm trying to get better at and not just completely shut down conversations about what I do Mm-hmm. Like being on this podcast, this is like kind of putting me out there. See, there we go. Yeah, but don't just <laughs> up just because of what. Yeah, you're right. Doing. Don't be hitting me. I'm like, get, don't get on this playlist. Like, nah, that's not what I do. <laughs> um, so, Gannon, on the flip side of that, like, do you ever feel like, like, can you turn the rapper side off and just be Aaron? <laughs> Uh, that can be difficult to do. You are like you are who you portray yourself to be. <laughs> you just, he doesn't have much of the filter. This um, is who he is. That's very true. This is, this is who I am. Um, you know, it's so funny because me and Riz talk about it at times. She'd be like, "Can you get some regular clothes?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you talking Every about?" Every time he go out to the grocery store, I'd be like in sweatpants and a t-shirt. He got his whole outfit on that he performed in two weeks ago. I'm like, "Bruh, <laughs> like 
Just wear a plain t shirt, bro. My clothes, man. In my clothes. Like, I don't, I don't diversify your portfolio. So, look, I don't, I don't specify whether or not these clothes are just for Canon or for Air. I'm like, these are my clothes. If I'm gonna look fresh today, I'm gonna look fresh today. If I'm gonna look bummy today, I'm gonna look bummy today. There's been times I performed and looked bummy before. Like, you know, because it's like I would wear that on stage versus I would wear that around the house. There's been times I performed like that. Um, let that be known that's all him. His wife tells him and he chooses to walk outside the house looking crazy. <laughs> so I say that to say, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it, it can get difficult because even when times I want to just be like off the grid, there's been times I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm done. I'm, I'm chilling. And I'll go to like Ross or Walmart and somebody be like, hey, ain't you kidding? I'm like, dang it. <laughs> now, I'm, that's not like all the time. You know, I'm, trust me, I ain't snooping nothing like that. But <laughs> there's been times where it's caught me off guard. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I watched what I said. Or I'm glad I wasn't talking crazy or doing nothing crazy. Like, because you never know who's watching. So sometimes it, it can be difficult of, you know, knowing that even though you do have a platform, how much can you let your hair down in public? Because you don't know who's watching. Um, I remember somebody was recording me one time, and I didn't see it until I saw my my name tagged on a post. And somebody was yeah. like, yo, I saw Cannon at da-da-da. And I was like, freak, man. I didn't even know somebody was recording me. <laughs> that's kind of creepy. And, you know, yeah. and this is yeah. like, you know, that, that stuff happens. And it's not like a million people going to see it or anything. I'm going to start but, doing it. <laughs> you know, caught Cannon sleeping on the couch. Yeah, it's just you just don't know, man. TMZ, right? You just don't know. So I mean, and also too, like even like when I want to make a post online, you know, and I'm like, I want to make a post, you know, regarding my wife, and it's just us, you know, and I want to take a picture of us, but we're in the house. It's like mm-hmm. I can't show, I can't put my whole house on mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just, it's, it's just different, you know, um, you know, and every, every situation is different that you got to handle with discernment. Yeah. But that's like always on the brain. It's always on the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, last thing, you know, even, uh, you know, let's say my wife wants to come to a show, you know, and it's like, all right, I know my wife is a grown woman. She can take care of herself. But at the same time, it's like, I'm I'm working at the same time. So in those moments, I'm battling being canon and being a husband at the same time. It's like, all right, my wife. By right? choice, because I tell you. Right. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Da, da, da. But at the same time, it's like people may not know she's my wife. So if she walks out the door and can't get back in, you know what I'm saying? And she's telling them, I'm his wife. They're like, well, we need some proof. We need some evidence because we can't let you in. Da, da, da. She may call me and I'm on stage. I'm like, I can't answer my phone on stage. I don't even know who's calling um, you know, those kind of things go through my mind, like, what if she gets locked out? Or, you know, what if somebody say something to her that they shouldn't say? We fight. You know, but it's like, <laughs> if somebody do something to her, then Cannon ain't going to be Cannon that night. Cannon going to be Aaron McCain that night, and they going to see a different side of me. So it's just like those things come to mind, and it's always like a tug of war. Um, it's not something you can just shut off. Um, because if something is was to happen to her, and I'm on my canon thing while I'm being canon at my show, you know, then what could come out could be, well, you're so focused on your fans, which hasn't been the case, but you know, right. but if something was to happen though, it's like, all right, 
am I am I am I a husband right now? Am I a canon right now? Well, I'm both. I'm I'm not just one or the I'm both, and I have to be able to navigate through both, mm-hmm. um, without neglecting the other. Right. You know, but marriage is priority. So. Amen. To that. Thank you guys for checking out this week's episode. Next week, we have part two, where we'll be going over what it's like being married to a creative. Feel free to follow Ritz at Ritz Drea and follow Canon at Get the Canon. Links to their social will be in the show notes. Thanks again and go out there and create something great.